to be a pulp. Sorry, guys, pulp. Hey guys, welcome back to Case Red. Today we will be unlocking case file numero 6. This case happened in 2014. My name is Tori. And I'm her co-host Vicky. And today we'll be exploring the disappearance case of Lars Mitank. We're gonna start off talking about his early life just to get to know him a little bit more. Lars Mitank was 28 years old when he went missing. He is German. He was a football fanatic and always wore Adidas clothes. He had many friends. He had a girlfriend at the time and he had a properly de decent job. He was also very close to his parents from what we know. This trip that he disappeared on was his first trip abroad. He was unknown to anything. He went with five of his former classmates. They were all in their mid-20s. So his group of friends booked a trip to Varna, Bulgaria in a beach resort. Now we're going to discuss what happened 72 hours earlier than may be the cause of his disappearance. There was a fight that occurred in McDonald's after an all-nighter was pulled between him and a group of other German tourists over a football game. So there was a whole debate because he supported a completely opposite team and one of the German tourists punched him in the face which ruptured his eardrum. The next day, he went to the hospital early that morning and he ended up changing his plans because he was prescribed antibiotics and he was told not to travel with a ruptured eardrum because it could worsen it. He found a hotel that night called Hotel Color to stay the night as it was cheap and close to the airport so all his friends already left him to fly back home. Um, this was then the reasoning behind why his behavior started to change. During this day, he called his mother in a panicked behavior and he was whispering and asking her to cancel his bank accounts. He claimed that people were following him and that he was trying to find a place to hide. And a quote from his mother, she said that he said people were trying to rob him or kill him. Now, there was a whole talk about the whole antibiotics that he took. He took the Ciferoxime 500 that was prescribed by his doctor, but later on we find out that he actually didn't even take any of his antibiotics. So maybe this was the whole entire um, reaction of his body. Maybe he suffered a concussion during the whole um, fight that was only later on applied in the next few days. You know, there's cases where when you get a concussion, you actually don't feel it until the next day. Yeah, you know, people would usually obviously when you see someone act this way people connect it to oh maybe the medication you're prescribed is the reason why it's causing this but the fact that he didn't take it just shows that maybe the you know ruptured eardrum could be the reason why he's being affected and obviously the fight that he got in no apparently um i read somewhere that he asked his mom to look up what the antibiotics are. I, I think maybe it's more so that he is new to the country and he doesn't trust, you know, like what doctors are prescribing to him because it's something that he's very unaware of, um, which is understandable. But at the same time, you know, when you're in that situation and you'd want to trust what a doctor gives you, this was like, I, am a, I think it was like a doctor from the airport. So these should be official doctors with actual, you know, certificates and proper backgrounds. So now we're going to talk about what actually happened to him on the 8th of July 2014. This was the day of his disappearance and the last time people saw Lars. 
He arrived at an airport in Bulgaria to catch his flight back home to Germany. Lars was seen stepping out of a taxi, picked up his bags, and he walked into the departure hall. On a CCTV footage, he was all of a sudden seen running out of the terminal with no luggage, nothing in hand. He was just seen running out in a frightened and paranoid, you know, mood. The way that he looked running out of the CCTV footage, it seems like someone's chasing him. Yeah. But like that's no the way it looks. Around. Like you know, obviously, some you know, whenever someone's being chased, you can definitely see like a look on their face. So that's what people assume that he was being chased because he had nothing in hand. He just ran out. He stopped at the main entrance um, of the airport for a brief second before he ran across the parking lot, and then that's where he climbed a eight foot tall barbed wire fence and disappeared into the woods. And then that's when he was never seen again. Yeah. So we'll talk more about what happened in the terminal itself. Um, when he first arrived to the terminal, he actually sent a text to his mother saying, "Oh, I just made it to the terminal." And the mother actually told him to, you know, visit a doctor just to see if everything was okay. And that's when everything kind of went down. He stopped by and went to Doctor Costa Costov's office and was acting very strange. The doctor said that he was really nervous and erratic, and. This is when Lars told the doctor that he didn't trust the medication that he was given for his ear pain. What startled him from leaving the room was actually when a construction worker entered the room because there was some sort of renovations going on in the airport. And this was when he started to tremble and he muttered under his breath, "Look, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here." And for me, I think it's honestly mind blowing that. A normal man coming in, you know, that has nothing to do with this whole entire situation. I think startled him to think that he was being chased or he was gonna die that day for, you know, whatever reason. But doesn't this like somewhat remind you a little bit of like the Alyssa Lam case where in the elevator you see like there's a CCTV footage of like yeah erratic behavior and you have no idea what's going on and then all of a sudden they like ran off and like disappear into thin air. Except Alyssa did, you know, they did find her at the end. But what if this was more than just the concussion and the you know the ear rupture? Maybe there was. Was yeah. actually something wrong with him over time because in the police report, his friends actually mentioned、um, Paul Roman、um, said that he, you know he was in a good mood, but he and he was very relaxed. But then Tim mentioned that he didn't eat much, so maybe there's more of like an overwhelming feeling of you know first vacation out and he didn't have time to take care of himself physically. So there was like all these Components kind of piling up into one. You know, I think we could we could say as as you know, teens that just left for uni, like first trips and like first abroad experience is kind of like it's exciting, but it's also nerve wracking. Like what we, what we said about Lars, like some like things like this could affect him in a way where he might start thinking, oh, I might be attacked, I might be killed. It's my first time abroad, you know. I don't know if I'm completely safe, you know. So basically, when he disappeared, obviously there was a police report that was filed, and when they did the investigation, they checked the hotel where he was staying at, and through security camera, they found him pacing up and down the foyer, looking out the window, hiding in the elevator. Again, similar to Alyssa Lam, like there's so many, you know, connections with similar cases. Two completely different, but like they have similar sort of motives of like. Mental、um, reactions to these situations, and apparently during that time frame at one in the morning, he left the hotel for an hour before returning to his room, 
no one knows where his location was. But to think that, you know, he was already being very paranoid during this time, why would he want to exit his room at one in the morning for an hour? Where did he go? Over time, nobody to this day still knows where he went, whether he met someone. All we can really do hope and pray are that, you know, the German tourist from that day at McDonald's has nothing to do with this whole thing and maybe in his head because he was like mentally unstable that he thought that those specific tourists were looking for him and thought that the fight that happened may have been more than what it seemed i think maybe he could have thought that you know the construction worker looked like one of them and that's what made him run out of the room and everything Yeah, so during the investigation, three weeks later, his mother hired a local private investigator named Andreas Gutig. He watched all the CCTV cameras, he even contacted, you know, hospitals to see if there was a John Doe or if there was someone that looked or, or resembled um, Lars. Um, he checked homeless shelters, he just went around and he even traveled to Varna and handed out missing poster flyers. And there were claims of some sightings and there were some theories that were involved, which we are going to breach and talk about now. Um, a year later, after Lars's disappearance, a truck driver saw him hitchhiking on a deserted road near Varna. Again, I've said this in previous videos, I'm... It's not that I don't trust sightseeings, but we can never be 100% sure that yeah. sightseeings have actually properly occurred. This one, at least, seems promising because it's in the area that he went missing in. Um, there was also a story about a homeless man in Poland who looked like him. They did identify later on that it wasn't, but... I've seen the photos and we will post the um, CCTV video and the photo on our Twitter at official case red for you to be able to see. The man did resemble him, but they did a whole test and it wasn't him. But it's crazy to think how this whole thing happened in Bulgaria, but then all of a sudden there's some random man in Poland. But now people started talking about, you know, the whole thing, was it a sign of paranoid schizophrenia? We've seen it in other people's missing cases of, you know, the same behaviors. Or the question of, was he actually being followed? Like, what if Lars wasn't crazy and that there was actually something going on, you know, behind the whole entire um, situation? and that he really thought his life was in danger. I mean, considering the fact that he could have just gotten on the plane to go home. Like, why did he have to stay? I don't think we've heard enough from his friends and we obviously don't know the full story. I mean, it could be possible that someone was actually following him and going for him. Yeah, like all we really know is like pretty much what happened on the day or maybe 24 hours beforehand. Yeah. But after that, you are left with nothing, which is the one, I guess, most difficult part about trying to solve a case like this. But yeah, Lars's mom has not stopped looking for him. I checked one of the Facebook pages for Lars Mitang's um, family and they did, you know, say that even to this day, they're still handing out flyers and trying to find if he still is in the area or if he's moved on. But, you know, there's a chance of them finding him. We just saw that they've uploaded a age progression photo of Lars and what he will look like now. Um, we will be posting it on Twitter, like Tori said. It's good to share the story around because you never know, some of us might see him. You know, he disappeared in Bulgaria, but you know, Europe is a very big continent. You have great access to going to different countries. So yeah, we do hope and, you know, pray that he does come back home to his family. But that's pretty much what we have on Lars Mitank. Obviously, if we have any more updates, we'll have an episode at the end of our season solely on 
case updates if we do receive any so whether that's for you know sarah everard and logan and any other cases that we talk about this season obviously um you can follow us on our social medias we are on twitter at official case red where we post updates and also ask you guys for information don't forget we upload visuals for most of our cases on youtube so you can go check that out at case red on youtube but yeah don't forget to check out our other videos and our other disappearance podcasts on spotify like vicky said we are available on spotify apple google anchor and so many other platforms out there everything is on our website you know wherever you go it's always linked to get updates on whenever we upload please hit the notification button on our social medias especially our spotify and youtube so that you're able to know exactly when we upload our next case so you're able to catch up with us like we always say we try to put as much information into this podcast but yeah that's all for the lars case thank you for listening